people, when you come to Baltimore, they always like let to go to Inner Harbor. And one day I was walking at Inner Harbor, and I was like, what is this thing? I'm like, this is really cool. It has eyes on it, and it's like all this trash coming up to it. And I'm like, what does this thing do? And somebody said, that's Mr. Trash Wheel. I'm like, oh, Mr. Trash Wheel. I think I've had that beer before. But we're not talking about the beer there. We're going to talk about Mr. Trash Wheel on next No Pixar Dark podcast. The next voices you'll hear are the people that are behind Mr. Trash Wheel. The No Picks After Dark podcast is proudly partnered with Maggie's Farm. Located at 4341 Hartford Road, Maggie's Farm offers a unique dining experience with delicious handcrafted cocktails and mouth-watering cuisine from falafels to scallops and everyone's favorites, honey sriracha cauliflower wings. Open for dinner from 4 p.m. until 10 p.m. Tuesday through Saturday and for brunch Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. and Sunday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. with delectable chicken and waffles, shrimp and grits, biscuits and gravy, and more. Check out Maggie's Farm on Instagram and Facebook for daily and weekly food specials. No Picks After Dark is sponsored by Snug Books, an independent bookstore serving Northeast Baltimore and beyond. In addition to featuring new books for all ages, the store also carries cards, stationery, gifts, games, and more. Visit snugbooks.com to shop online, learn more about the store, read our latest newsletter, and find a calendar of events, or come browse the store in person. Snug Books is located at 4717 Harford Road, next to Zeke's Coffee in Hamilton, Laurelville. There is free parking behind the store and open hours are Tuesday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Welcome to the No Picks at the Dark Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Dante. Thank you guys for listening today. This is a great show. I'm so excited. I have some awesome people coming on that I'm like pinching myself because I can't believe I had them on the show. It's been taking about three or four months to happen, but so happy to happen. Ms. Chelsea, Mr. Adam, how are you guys doing? Good. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so excited to be here today. Sorry, I'm sweating a little bit. It's a little warm. <laughs> it's a little, yeah. little warm. No toasty, but uh, thank you guys for coming uptown to Northeast Baltimore. I call it Disney World up here. Disney World. <laughs> I mean, this room is Disney World. I love it. I love it. Thanks again. Thank you guys so much for your time. Okay. I know it's time is hard to get back. So again, tell the audience a little bit about yourselves. I mean, we're talking about Mr. Trashville today. Yep. But tell us a little bit about yourselves. Are you guys from Baltimore? And what is your favorite childhood memory growing up? (laughs) (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) All right. uh, So my name is Adam Lindquist. I am the Vice President of Environmental Programs at the Waterfront Partnership of Baltimore, uh, where we really work to clean up and restore the Baltimore Harbor, making it safer for recreation, making it more accessible for recreation. I mean, the Baltimore Harbor is an amazing, um, not just the Inner Harbor as a destination, but as a living, breathing ecosystem, um, a chance for environmental education, for recreation in a natural waterway. Uh, Our job is to really promote the Inner Harbor and just help to clean it up, which is how we came to start talking about uh, Mr. Trash Wheel and what he could do for our waterways. Favorite childhood memory? <laughs> just going back to that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I love water. I love kayaking. I grew up near Ithaca, New York, you know, where they say Ithaca is gorgeous because it's full of these gorges with these cascading waterfalls. I spent my childhood swimming in those waterfalls, climbing up them. And it's just, it, it stuck with me forever. I want clean water. I want to recreate in water. 
All right. Well, I'm Chelsea Ansbach. I'm the communications manager at uh, Waterfront Partnership. Um, I do manage Mr. Trashfield's social media. Uh, and my story is actually similar to yours, finding out about Mr. Trashfield. I was just walking on the promenade when I first moved to Baltimore. Um, and it was actually Professor Trashfield that I saw first with that she has eyelashes. She's so cute. It was like the hottest day ever. So I was really miserable going on this walk. It was also like my birthday. I just remember being like, why did I decide to do this? Um, and then I saw this like machine in the water. I'm like, what the heck is this googly-eyed thing? And then did a lot of research, fell in love with the trash wheels. Uh, a couple years later, started working for them. So that was really fun. Um, I am from Southern Maryland. I was born in Baltimore. My mom's from here. My grandma's from here. Um, but I grew up in Southern Maryland. So Calvert County, Solomon's Island area, kind of like Adam, very watery. Um, for favorite childhood memory. Um, I always like think about 4th of July with my family because it's always a big deal. We have crabs. We're on the water. Uh, we used to race turtles, which probably sounds horrible. <laughs> mm. But there was like this nature center by my grandma's house, and they had a lot of turtles. Um, what you do is you put like these turtles in the middle of a circle, and just whichever turtle reaches the end of like the circle first wins. <laughs> and as a kid, it was like the coolest thing ever. It took forever also. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. Now you're from Ithaca, that way? Yep. Ithaca's gorgeous. I mean, yeah, Ithaca, Ithaca is gorgeous. I'm actually, I'm in from Elmira, New York, which is just a couple minutes south of Ithaca. But yeah, that whole upstate New York region uh, around the Finger Lakes. So you know I we have something in common, right? Did you know that? What's that? Upstate New York, or we call it Western. You know what? Upstate Western, whatever you want to call it. I went to college at Syracuse. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I was down the street from Ithaca. I used to go party in Ithaca for uh, Ithaca, uh, Ithaca Day, wherever Cat Wool was called, something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Cornell right, was right across the street from there. And I used to love going down there to the wineries. And just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the Finger Lakes region has some amazing wineries. And I, now I get where the nature comes from because there's nothing but nature out there and it's beautiful, just relaxing. Yep. And I like going down to Southern Maryland. Uh, there's a restaurant called King Fisher, I think. Yeah. And it's really, really good. They have these rockfish bites that are like to die for. And I, when I, when I go down there, it's like, amazing it's right on the water right before you go over that big bridge it's on the left hand side yeah i think that's like more a little bit eastern shore yeah um but those rockfish bites that's a staple like my oh. stepdad makes them all the time yeah oh uh, let me tell you i would drive down there right now that's, <laughs> how, that's guys, how good they are. you're making me hungry that's how good they are so like for you guys like when you how did you end up at waterfront partnership let's talk about that because waterfront partnership is the big is who you guys work for sure and mr trash whale is Inside the project, that project, yeah. Mm-hmm. How would you guys get the water for a partnership? And talk a little bit about that water for a partnership. What it does? Sure. Uh, well, water for a partnership is what's known as a business improvement district, and we have like I don't know five or six of them in Baltimore City. Uh, they're in cities all around the world, and basically. They're places where the business community has come together and said, hey, we want to enhance city services to make this area really attractive, um, you know, to potential employees, to visitors. Um, And so Waterfront Partnership manages the Inner Harbor. And it's just all these uh, businesses and developers coming together and saying, we want to we volunteer to pay a surcharge on our taxes so long as it all goes back into the Inner Harbor. Uh, And what I love about uh, our board uh, and the businesses who make up Waterfront Partnership is that they didn't just stop at like doing landscaping and like cleaning litter off the ground in the harbor. They extended Waterfront Partnership into the actual water of the harbor as well. And they said, you know, why can't we do something to clean up the Baltimore Harbor in addition to the land side? And so in 2010, they launched the Healthy Harbor Initiative, which with a goal of making the harbor safe for swimming and fishing again. I remember we talked about that on a tour the other day. 
And I remember they were saying about 20, I don't know, 26, is it? Or whatever year, you would be able to possibly swim in the harbor? Well, sure. I mean, the initial goal in 2010 was to do it by 2020. <laughs> oh, 2020. Okay. Um, and I will say that significant progress has been made uh, since 2010 to the point where the harbor is safe for recreation a majority of the time. But, you know, after a rain event, that's when all the pollution gets washed off the streets of Baltimore and into our streams and harbors. So, you know, just like a lot of the Chesapeake Bay, you want to stay out of the water, especially like 48 hours after a major rain event. Interesting. And we saw that yesterday because there was a huge storm yes. <laughs> and all of this trash just came piled up in front of our trash wheels. Yeah, the picture that you saw on Instagram, Gwenda had all that trash in front of her, mostly plastic water bottles. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can really see what happens after a rainstorm. I didn't think that was real. Like I first, I had to pinch myself and <laughs> say, is this really serious? Like, and then I, you know, I text Paul. I'm like, Paul, do you see this? <laughs> He's like, unreal. I'm like, this is wild. Yeah. So that is amazing. How'd you end up at the waterfront party? How'd you end up there? Um, well, I've been following the trash wheel for a while. Um, and I actually first got involved in a smaller way um, during Fan Fest. Mr. Trashville is a fan fest every year where, you know, artists make art. And I was a studio major. I'm always making things. So I made a trash wheel piece for this fan fest. Um, unfortunately, I like, couldn't go to the event, but I like went to Peabody Heights, dropped off the art. Um, uh, Robin, who was working at Waterfront Partnership at the time, I was like, hey, your job's super cool. Like, if mm. there's ever an opening like could you email me or something and then like maybe three months later she emailed me and was like hey I'm leaving the you know for a new position somewhere else like here's this job posting but like at the time I was at like another job I wasn't really ready for it um and then a couple more months went by <laughs> and there was like a posting of Mr. Trash Wheel and I was like okay this this is the right time I'm going for it I like harassed Adam I sent him emails like every day I was like you gotta hire me here's a here's another art cartoon of the trash wheel <laughs> i mean finding th so i mean mr trash wheel has a you know for a trash interceptor he's very unique you know he has a personality he has a voice not a literal voice but you know he has a way that he talks about things he's this nerdy kind of excitable jokester um who you know really thinks we can overcome not just the trash problems but really any problems facing society um so you you need a very special person to manage Mr. Trashwheel's social media. And and Chelsea is uh, is one in the line of uh, a handful of people who have managed to successfully capture the sound and the tone and the personality of Mr. Trashwheel. And so we were like, it sounds like it was a long courtship, but we were <laughs> lucky, lucky to find you. I was like long for me, but not long for you. Like you weren't a part of the right, whole I, process. <laughs> wasn't aware until you applied. Yeah. And, but there was like this whole journey, yeah. Um, but yeah, the fact that you'd made Mr. Trash Wheel like fan art for one of our festivals and then that you bombarded us with your Trash Wheel cartoon ideas. I was like drawing like every day and like trying to come up with the collection and like would send it over to them. Like, oh, look at this. Like, I love that. Yeah. 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 But that's that's a passion that speaks yeah. about Mr. Trash Wheel. And that's what we brought you guys here today to talk about. Yeah. So folks from outside of Baltimore, they're probably like, what are they talking about? Mr. Trash Wheel. <laughs> what are they? What's going on? So. Who invented Mr. Trash? Where did this all come from? What's the concept? Well, let me let me take you back all the way back to 2008. Um, so John Kellett uh, is a local Baltimorean who was working for Living Classrooms Foundation at the time. And he used to walk to work every day and he would walk across the walking bridge in the inner harbor that went over the Jones Falls stream. Uh, and 
especially after rain events, he saw all of this trash. And John is kind of a tinkerer and inventor. Uh, and he just thought, you know, there's got to be some way to use the current of this river to sustainably power a device that could pick the trash up. Um, and he was kind of inspired by farm equipment he worked on as a boy, um, like, a, like a hay baler He's concept. from uh, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so anyway, so John, on his own, like got funding from the Abel Foundation um, and support from the Department of Public Works in Baltimore City. And in 2008, piloted for about eight months a small contraption that was kind of like a wooden shed. It sat at the end of the Jones Falls and had a water wheel and picked up trash as it came down the waterway. Unfortunately, no one had ever stopped the trash before coming down the Jones Falls, so no one quite knew what scale was necessary to pick it up. So that first, like, mini trash wheel uh, was undersized for the issue. And so after eight months, that trash wheel was retired. But Waterfront Partnership saw the impact that even that small, undersized trash wheel was having on the trash in the harbor. So we immediately reached out to him after that pilot and said, hey, we want to work with you to build a bigger, better, more permanent trash interceptor. And that's what we did. And in 20, it took us until 2014 to launch uh, the new trash interceptor, which uh, is much larger and uh, sits at the end of a river or a stream, in this case, the Jones Falls. It doesn't move around looking for trash. It has booms, containment booms, that funnel trash as it's coming down the stream to the front of the trash wheel, where a series of brakes and a conveyor belt uh, pull the trash out of the water, put it into a dumpster sitting on a separate barge, when that barge fills, we tow it away to land, put in an empty dumpster, and keep rocking and rolling. Uh, completely sustainably powered, we use solar panels and a water wheel to provide the power to keep the device operational. Uh, and, you know, that was, I mean, that all that's all amazing in and of itself, right? So it's the world's first sustainably powered trash interceptor. Uh, I went out there, I, uh, and the first big rainstorm, I shot a video and of Mr. Trash Wheel just working in the rain. We were picking up our first tire. It was a very exciting day to see the op the device finally operating. I put that up on my personal YouTube page and someone posted it to Reddit and it went to number one on Reddit and over a weekend received over a million views of this, this one video just showing Mr. Trash Wheel operating. And so that was really exciting because we never had, we never expected to have a viral video, right? <laughs> We're like, wow, people are really into this. So we reached out to creative firms here in Baltimore uh, because our board of directors was like, you guys have a viral video. What are you going to do next? Mm -hmm. We're like, I don't know, make another viral video. Mm -hmm. But it's not that easy nope. to make another viral video. Nope. <laughs> so this company called What Works um, pitched the idea of giving Mr. Trash Wheel uh, a Twitter account. Um, and they came up with a little sketch where they just photoshopped googly eyes onto our trash interceptor. And, uh, you know, I said, let's name it Mr. Trash Wheel. And that's how Mr. Trash Wheel was, was born. And uh, it took us many years to kind of build up the following that we have now. I mean, obviously. Um, but uh, that, was, that was how Mr. Trash Wheel came to be um, a, a sentient trash interceptor. And so now he has googly eyes on the device because like people on the internet started a petition that said, hey, you guys can't just Photoshop yeah. eyeballs onto it. We need to see the eyeballs on the real device. So uh, Mr. Trashwheel, uh, you know, became um, a huge success. And then we were able to crowdfund a second trash wheel called Professor Trashwheel. Uh, and then we had uh, two more since then, Captain Trashwheel and Gwenda, the good wheel of the West, picking up, you know, over 300 tons of trash a year. We'll talk. Hold on that thought. Hold on that. We're going to talk about 
Miss Trasher, right? Professor, professor? I think. Professor? Yeah. Professor? Okay. <laughs> okay, Professor. Right after these messages, we'll be right back with Alvin Chelsea. The No Picks After Dark podcast is fueled by Zeke's Coffee. Have you tried their coffee yet? I'm telling you, there's something different about it. Maybe it's because they roast their beans in a fluid coffee roaster, which provides the most accurate roasting temperatures and made with love. You will just have to check it out for yourself and try their delicious food while you're at it. Open now for curbside service, online ordering, carryout, and they also do wholesale. Visit Zeke's Coffee at 4719 Hartford Road. Open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. And Sunday, 8 to 5 p.m. Kitchen closes at 3 p.m. Or visit Zeke'sCoffee.com and you too can be fueled by Zeke's. OpenWorks is Baltimore's largest makerspace, offering access to tools ranging from 3D printers to welder and training in how to use them. OpenWorks also offers affordable studio space, a coffee shop, and fun-free events throughout the year. But OpenWorks is more than a public workshop. It's a community of creative professionals, students, seniors, entrepreneurs, and makers of all kinds. Check out the website at www.openworksbmore.org or Instagram at open underscore works underscore bmore for class schedules, membership options, and more. Folks, we are back with Mr. Trashwheel talking about Mr. Trashwheel. How exciting is that? And now you're learning more and more about it. We have Mr. Adam and Ms. Chelsea here. Thank you guys for coming today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, we're, mm, thank this you. Is great. Yeah. This, I'm so excited because I'm like, finally got you guys here to talk about this. I'm pumped because we were talking offline about some stuff that you guys are going to talk about in a couple minutes. So let's talk about is there only one Mr. Trash Wheel or is there more? No, Mr. Trash Wheel is a whole family. Uh-oh. Yeah. So Professor Trash Wheel, who was second in the Trash Wheel family, she is in Canton on the Harris Creek stream. Um, she is a little smaller. Adam, what do you say? She's the smallest one or? Uh, no, she's. Actually, the not captain? as small as Captain. Captain oh, okay, Trash you take that back. One. Captain's the smallest <laughs> trash wheel. So Captain Trash Wheel, they are uh, Masonville Cove, which is a little bit um, outside, like the Inner Harbor. And then the newest trash wheel, Gwenda the Goodwill of the West in West Baltimore. She is my favorite, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Mr. Trash Wheel's my favorite, but Gwenda's a close second because she has this beautiful purple <laughs> eyes. And she... You know, she's the newest, but she is collecting so much trash. She's even beat uh, Mr. Trash Wheel's storm record of, like, how many dumpsters she got after one storm. Yeah, Gwenda which, is the yeah. biggest trash wheel we've ever built. She's so pretty. She even has, like, an arm. <laughs> the other trash yeah. wheels don't have an arm. It's like a claw that helps pick up the bigger debris in the water. I know. She really needed it, though. There's a lot of big debris that comes down the Gwen's Falls. Um, and what else about Gwen? Was it 23 dumpsters? You <coughs> oh, that, that there was a record? storm. Yeah. yeah. So there was a big storm. Um, she got about 23 dumpsters and those are those big dumpsters you see like outside a school building, like wait, wait, that wait. much trash. Did you say 23 dumpsters? Yes. In one storm. In one where storm. is this coming from? So people can understand where is all this trash coming from? How does it get there? Like what is going on? I mean, we're all connected. All of our neighborhoods in Baltimore, if you're along that stream, like rain can wash any trash in your lawn, on the street. It gets into like the, the 
stormwater. Um, and it just comes down. Like the rain washes it into the water and then it all comes together. It all comes out this outlet and into the harbor, which leads to the bay and then the ocean. So these trash wheels really are kind of like this last line of defense on these streams to get that trash before it enters bigger bodies of water. Yeah, Chelsea, you make a you make a you raise a really interesting point here because a lot of people sometimes think that it's because people are throwing trash into the water. Right. But it's not pe- people just throwing trash into the water. Basically in Baltimore, our streets are our streams. Mm-hmm. So whatever litter ends up on your street, in your alley, in a parking lot, when it rains, it all gets carried into our storm drains which flow unfiltered into our streams and harbor. Wow, say that one more time, please. Because people, I think people don't really realize. Say it one more right. time. I mean, right. I mean, you think about it, like if you've got a trash bag out back and like rats and birds pick it open or your recycling bin spills over in the wind, that trash, when it rains, goes into the storm drain. And again, storm drains, they don't go to a treatment plant. They just get directed right into our streams, right into the harbor and the Chesapeake Bay. So whatever goes down our storm drains ends up in our streams. And yeah, Mr. Trash Wheel is really the last best opportunity to pick it up before it just goes out into the wider Chesapeake Bay. And then you, you know, the cost to try and collect every single, you know, cup and bottle uh, and cigarette butt would just be astronomical. So, you know, there's kind of this bottleneck point where Mr. Trash Wheel sits at the end of a stream. um, And that's the best place to pick up this trash. Um, You know, I mean, the second best place, the best place is, you know, before it leaves people's hands, right? <laughs> so you guys just celebrated a birthday, correct? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Tell us about how you guys celebrated that and how that went um, down. I mean, it was so fun. Mr. Trashville turned eight. Um, and we had kind of like a family picnic style event uh, in Pierce's Park in the Inner Harbor. Uh, we had some reptile friends were there. We had hmm. DJ Edible playing some tunes. Um, we even did a trash wheel performance um, where <laughs> some of our volunteers dressed up as famous pieces of trash and kind of um, <laughs> entered. There's a big sculpture there. And I don't know if you're familiar <laughs> with Pierce's Park, but it kind of looks like Mr. Trash Wheel. So all these people dressed up as trash kind of flew into the sculpture as if Mr. Trash Wheel's gobbling oh. them up. So it was just a really fun event. And there was a lot of people there. We sung happy birthday. Adam had a guitar, which tell <laughs> about the guitar. The guitar, yes. Yeah. Told st- the sure. T- the guitar. Tell us about well, that. Well, I mean, first of all, um, where to go with this? Um, so I, one of the things I loved about Mr. Trashwell's birthday is we actually gifted, we gave him a present. We gave him a fresh set of trash booms because his booms yeah. were getting old. And so we laid out these trash booms in the park and all trash these Trashville fans <laughs> came and signed happy birthday messages to Mr. Trashwheel on these bright orange booms. And so it's just really adorable to just see the outpouring of love that people have for Mr. Trashwheel. Uh, as far as songs go, you know, we'll talk about Fan Fest here maybe in a moment. This is a, uh, we celebrate Mr. Trashwheel fans at a festival every year that we do with Peabody Heights Brewery. Um, and, you know, one of the things that came out of uh, the, our fans, um, <clears throat> Jonathan Jensen, who's a bass player for the Baltimore Symphony Orchestra, wrote his very own song about Mr. Trashwheel and kind of gifted it to our organization. And so at, at Mr. Trashwheel's birthday, Jonathan came out and we together, uh, you know, sang Mr. Trashwheel's song. And I even played a guitar that Mr. Trashwheel picked up out of the harbor. You told us about that on the tour, which how many years took it to dry out? For oh, yeah. I mean, that guitar was 
unplayable for two years. I just left it in my basement. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this thing. It sounds awful. But I guess it dried out after about two years, and then it became slightly playable. Nice. <laughs> playable nice. enough. Yes, playable. It doesn't, I wouldn't say it sounds great, but it's got that classic Baltimore Harbor sound. I love, I, like, I, you guys had a big crowd down there. I mean, I was. Oh, yeah. We had 400 people come out for Mr. Trashwell's birthday, and it was amazing to see them all lined up on the promenade singing Happy Birthday in unison to this inanimate trash I mean, interceptor. How, yeah, how often do you see that? It <laughs> no was so weird and so great. Like that, that, that makes your job fun every day. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, and rewarding to see little kids probably light up and yep. see all that. That's amazing. So let's talk, speaking of kids, do you guys work with kids at all, like with any programs? I mean, there's, sure, I, yeah. <laughs> I think we're, 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 yeah, I mean, I, I actually have a, I have a two-year-old and so, and before I had a two-year-old, I don't think I understood how much trash wheel obsession there could be in a two-year-old's life. But I mean, like my son wants to hear me sing Mr. Trashwheel song every night before we go to bed. Um, wow. We see, you know, kids are constantly like requesting Mr. Trashwheel birthday cakes, Mr. Trashwheel mm-hmm. cookies. So, but we wanted to do more than just entertain kids. We want to educate them as right. well. So uh, with in partnership with Towson University and Baltimore City Schools, we launched something we call the <clears throat> Harbor Scholars Program, mm. which is targeted at fifth grade students in Baltimore City Schools and their teachers. And so it provides paid professional development workshops for fifth grade teachers in Baltimore City. And then free field trips for their students to come down and not just meet Mr. Trashwheel, but see mm. the oyster gardens, the rain gardens, uh, the turtle island we just installed, mm. just to really connect with the living, breathing ecosystem of the Baltimore Harbor. Wow. And I remember we were walking, and this, the kids say your name. They're like, hey, Mr. Adam. Right. That was really cool. Like, I mean, the kids, you were like a celebrity down there. I mean, I think <clears throat> everyone on my staff... Uh, has to be trained to do a great eco tour because we get so many requests from school groups, from tour groups, from conferences. So uh, we talk to a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, last summer we did a partnership with uh, Baltimore City Rec Center. So we had, I mean, maybe 10 rec centers, 30 kids each come down to the harbor and we took them on eco tours. And that was, I mean, it was a lot of kids, but it was a lot of fun. And sometimes you don't think kids are going to be interested about oysters, but then when you pull that cage out of the water and show them what a baby oyster looks like, they get so excited. And it's just like, what is that? That's so weird. Ew. Like, but in a good way. So, okay, you, you brought it up. The Eagle yeah. Tours. Let's talk about Eagle Tours. Sure. We went on Eagle Tour. I was blown away. I love Turtle Island. That was my favorite <laughs> out of everything. I loved oysters, but Turtle <laughs> Island was really, really dope. Tell us a little about the Eagle Tour. Um, is it self-guided? For some people, or can it, can people sign up for equal tour? Is it like, a, or can, how do we talk about it? Let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, so you can sign up for an eco tour and one of our, you know, one of our staff will take you on one. A lot of the times it's me. Um, so I'm out there, especially with the kids out there with the kids. Um, and we just kind of take you around to the different green, like infrastructure that we have in the inner Harbor. Um, I always started off with oysters. I think that's so cool. And then I end it with Mr. Trashwheel, which like is the coolest and the kids love that. Um, we can even turn Mr. Trashwheel on. So sometimes we'll do like a magic spell or like, like a countdown and then have them turn on and it's just, it's really exciting that. for them that's fine yeah what else and then about the oysters i know about the oysters well, let's yeah let's so the oysters. Um, so like yeah mr trash is great uh but you know our goal is not to just pick up, <coughs> pick up trash forever in the baltimore harbor right we have this much larger goal of actually cleaning the harbor up um and you know putting mr trash out of business honestly and so one of the things we do uh is we 
we work with the Chesapeake Bay Foundation on the Great Baltimore Oyster Partnership Ooh. that grows about 200,000 baby oysters in the Baltimore Harbor every year. Oysters are not, these oysters are not for consumption. They're for restoration. And what we do is we grow them in cages all around the promenade in the Baltimore Harbor. And these cages protect baby oysters from predators and hang near the surface of the water where there's plenty of food and oxygen for them. Mm. And they grow in the harbor for around <clears throat> nine months, which gives them a huge head start on life. So then we transplant them to a protected oyster sanctuary in the Chesapeake Bay, where they will live out the rest of their lives providing habitat and filtering water. So they're actually helping to make the bay cleaner. That's so, that's so cool. When you showed us the other day, I was like blown away. All the little shrimp that were right there. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. We had, we had so many, so many, um, what is it, brine, yeah, brine shrimp. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was nuts. Like, I didn't even know that was in the harbor. That's yeah. what I love. So we get volunteers out to grow these oysters. And not only do we want volunteers to see that the oysters, you know, not just survive, but thrive in the Baltimore Harbor, but that there's this whole other ecosystem that comes to life that's just built around uh, these oyster reefs, even when they're just, uh, you know, 150 shells in a cage all this life comes flocking to these oysters, including the shrimp, the crabs, the polychaetes, like, uh, and so you uh, pull and up- And eels, that's oh, the best eels. one. Don't forget hold eels. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> There's eels in the harbor? Oh, yeah. Yep, we have American eels, and they're my favorite, because they will come flying out of the cages, and they're wiggling around, and it, you know, it's a challenge to get them back in the water, and people just don't expect it at all, and it's great. Do you see teeth? <laughs> Yeah, do they have teeth? I don't know. I don't, know. I don't see teeth. I gotta <laughs> tell you, man, the eels move so fast, it's There's, hard to get a good look in their yeah. mouths. So what the, okay, this is, oh, I'll be honest, I just, had a, I just had an interview with the aquarium. Yes. And I told him, me and snakes don't get along. Mm. Oh, I okay. fear snakes. So anything that slithers around the water. So do you ever get, did you ever get nervous seeing like an eel? Like, do you, are you guys used to it now? No, no. I mean, it's always a, a tremendous opportunity, especially when you're there with volunteers and they're like, oh my God, you know, here's like blue crabs hanging off my cage. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got eels over here. Like there's oh. so much life in the harbor. It just makes it so exciting. And yeah, especially if you're a new volunteer and you're not used to seeing this life in the harbor, you know, there is that perception that there aren't, you know, there isn't wildlife in the harbor. Things aren't growing, but there very much is. And especially when we pull up these cages and shrimp and eels come flying. <laughs> out you really see that yeah i saw it one of your instagram because I, I love following your instagram because it's very creative and i get to educate myself you went you guys had like a volunteer day and they were picking oysters and mm -hmm. then we were doing stuff was that in a wetlands or marsh somewhere you were recently um or was it just you guys were out it was a gr big group of people out there yeah so we, recently we planted <clears throat> our oysters so it was okay. at the end of their oyster season in the baltimore harbor after okay. that nine months um and we take them to their oyster sanctuary further out in the river um so i think that's what you were seeing because yeah. we did that most recently um and that's fun because we take them out of the cages this is like their last hurrah in the harbor <clears throat> um and and then, you know, we take them out on a boat. So it's also fun for the volunteers just to be like on a boat and out on the water. Um, yeah. So it's a lot of fun. I think that's probably what you saw. I, I thought it was me. I wanted to sign up. Yeah. It was too late. We'll I was take like, you I out there. I wanted to sign up for it. I definitely. Right. So, yeah. The program launches again in, in the fall. So it'll be like September, October. We'll be looking mm -hmm. for volunteers again. Sign me up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll put your up. name down. <laughs> put my name down. Put my name. So let's talk about, you know, I think we talked about Healthy Harbor Initiative, but 30K grant, the grant you guys have sure. written. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, um, so one, we're very lucky to have Mr. Trashwill <clears throat> adopted by a local Baltimore company called Pompeian. Uh, folks probably know of Pompeian. They make olive oil uh, and it, distribute it throughout the United States, but they're headquartered right here in Baltimore. Uh, and they rely on the Baltimore Harbor to you know, import olives to make olive oil. 
And so they wanted to do something to give back to the Baltimore Harbor, and they adopted Mr. Trash Wheel. Uh, so that's why if you go down to Mr. Trash Wheel right now, he's got a giant spinning olive branch on his wheel, <laughs> and he's got some bright green eyes. Uh, so, you know, we really appreciate, uh, you know, the support of Pompeii. And one of the things they wanted to do was not just give back to the harbor, but give back to Baltimore City <clears throat> communities. So we worked with them to create uh, a community beautification grant program. Uh, that has uh, so we get thirty thousand dollars a year uh, to give out in small grants from like one thousand to five thousand dollars that folks uh, can apply for those grants on our website waterfrontpartnership.org. I love it. I, I'm so excited when I because I was trying to figure out, like why is olive oil like an olive down here. <laughs> I really think that's really really cool, and I love how you guys are educating, getting kids in fifth grade to get involved with the harbor. That to me, that means a lot to a lot of Baltimore City kids, mm-hmm. parents, something like something to do, learn about the ecosystem and conservation and everything like that. Do you guys partner with like the aquarium at all? Do you guys work with them at all? Any projects? Oh, certainly. I mean, we <clears throat> part. I mean, Waterfront Partnership of Baltimore. I like to say partnership is our middle name. Um, okay. Because it literally is. But also because. We can't, we're a small team, right? There's Chelsea and I, there's like uh, two other folks who work on Healthy Harbor and an intern. And, uh, you know, the goal of making the harbor safe for swimming is a big goal. So you can't, you can't do it without big partnerships. So we've worked with the aquarium most recently on building that Turtle Island basking yeah. platform. So uh, it was really terrific because uh, Jack Cover, um, who is the curator at the National Aquarium, uh <clears throat> just has a passion for building turtle islands and he's been building them inside the aquarium for so long and we were like hey if we get the money together can we get you to build a turtle island outside the aquarium um at what we call the lancaster street canal uh, where we've saw so many turtles just floating on trash and i was like we've got to do better than that for these guys and so jack came up with this ingenious design that has a floating wetland it has alcoves for sleeping turtles mm. and it just has uh you know a surface area for these turtles to bask because they're cold-blooded turtles and they need to get warm in order to even digest their food so especially in april when the water is very cold they're desperate to get out in the sun so we put this turtle basking platform which anybody can go down to the harbor and see uh and man we've counted up to 40 turtles on this island at one time like just climbing on top of each other yeah they like pile on top of each other (laughs) and no one knew that there were uh, you know that we even had 40 turtles just sitting in this one little canal in the inner harbor and so now there's like this a bench that's across from the turtle island and you can just like i see people all the time just sitting on the bench enjoying the turtles and where's so, it located so people can know where that so they i mean lancaster street canal if you know if you can find lancaster street like i mean there's a there's a whole foods there's a raw, raw sushi is right there yeah, there, yeah. Okay. go to so, raw sushi across the street there's turtle island or even just the living yeah. classrooms <laughs> foundation campus okay. is right across from that so but that project never would have happened without the partnership of the mm-hmm. national aquarium i love hearing about that and i was my i, I like the turtle i was like this is really cool i have to come back and check this out yeah, thank you <clears throat> definitely definitely so Local beer. It's very popular <laughs> around here. And I talked about it in the beginning. I remember getting this beer at Peabody Heights, and I was like, this is really good. This is a really good beer. <laughs> mm-hmm. And how did you guys end up partnering with them? Or did they just said, did they call you and say, hey, we're going to make a beer with your name? Get, did you get your permission? And then, oh, how, or just, just appear one day? Well, I mean, one of the brilliant things <laughs> about the, the Trash Wheel fandom, I mean, they're just so supportive, and they're so passionate. And I remember hearing about, like, um, God, the, uh, the Chicago Museum that has uh, Sue the T-Rex. Um, and Sue the T-Rex is like very popular on Twitter. <laughs> and Sue has 
her own craft beer in Chicago. And I remember thinking, wow. why doesn't Mr. Trash Wheel have, have a beer? And so yeah. we literally did a post on social media of Mr. Trash Wheel saying like, hey, does anyone out there want to create a beer for me? And and Peabody Heights was on it, man. Like we got a couple of breweries that responded, but Peabody was persistent. They were the first to respond and they like called us the next day and the day after that saying like, we can do this. We want to be the ones to create a Mr. Trash Wheel beer. So we partnered with them to create Mr. Trash Wheel's Lost Python Ale, uh, which is named after the time that Mr. Trash Wheel picked a live ball python You're snake out like of the that, harbor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. <but laughs> nope. <laughs> it's a delicious IPA that's actually done very well. And so we're really proud of that. And they actually have created a line of Mr. Trash Wheel beer. So I think there's like four of them. Now. There's four different ones. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's definitely really awesome. So we talked a little bit about the Healthy Harbor Initiative a little bit. And we talked about, you talked a little bit off camera about the blue water. Want to tie that in with trying to make people... Be able to do recreational sports in the harbor. Oh, okay. you're talking yeah. about the yeah the Baltimore Blue Way. Yeah, sorry, Blue yeah, Way. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk. So because this is all cause and effect sure. for Mr. Trash Wheel getting all Absolutely. this stuff. Okay, right. Like I said, like our goal is a recreational harbor, right. and you know we the harbor. One of the cool things about this job, and I've been doing this job for 11 years now, is that if you look back at water quality scores over the past 11 years, you can actually see positive trends in things like fecal bacteria, which is like the number one thing you want to worry about if you're talking about recreating in a waterway, because that will make you sick. Um, and the number one source of bacteria in our harbor is the city's aging sewer system. Uh, but the city has been spending over a billion dollars on fixing its infrastructure. And as they've been making those repairs, we've been seeing the water quality improve in the Baltimore Harbor to the point where we think it is time to manage the harbor as a recreational waterway and a recreational amenity for the city and for the region. And so to that end, we've launched something called the Baltimore Blue Way, um, which is a master planning process for a series of water trails in the Baltimore Harbor. So kayakers, canoers, stand-up paddleboarders, we want to encourage them to come down to the Baltimore Harbor and to see our city's amazing sights from the water, paddle alongside uh, um, you know, a submarine, paddle alongside the USS Constellation. It's an amazing experience and we really wanna market it and make sure everyone knows how to do it safely. So that's why we're working on the Baltimore Blue Way Master Plan right now, <clears throat> hoping to release that sometime uh, in early 2023 and then get to work building new access points, improving existing access points and just getting more people out on the water. Oh, wow, I love hearing that. And then you talked told us a little bit that they're building new trash wheels somewhere else in the world. That's correct. Yeah, give um, us a little. Give us a little behind behind the curtain. So I mean, we're, we um so we purchased the trash wheels from a company called Clearwater Mills. Uh, that's John Kellett's company. Um, and for a long time, we had the only trash wheels uh, in in the world. Um, but every week, I get calls and emails from cities all over the world who want this technology. And it's just taken them a while to figure it out. But right now, there's actually a trash wheel being built in Panama City, Panama, mm -hmm. as well as two being built um, for Fort Worth, Texas. Nice. So those will be the first non-Baltimore <clears throat> trash wheels. And Baltimore should feel very proud that this is something that started here in our city, um, but is really seen as a success uh, and has potential to clean up waterways all around the world. Sounds like a good uh, business trip to go to Panama. Yeah. <laughs> well, John Kellett has been down yeah, there. Yeah, he's been yeah. There a lot. Yeah. yeah. You can take a picture of it, go down there and say, hey, this is what originated from here. That's really, really cool. Yeah. What do you hope people, to when they hear this, watch this on YouTube or listen to the spot for Apple, whatever it may be, 
to walk away from hearing our conversation today? What do you want them to walk away with? Oh, I mean, hope. Like, I want <laughs> folks to have hope for the, I mean, the natural environment in Baltimore, uh, whether it's, you know, your local park uh, or literally just the uh, tree well in front of your house has the potential to help improve water quality, air quality, and your own quality of life. Um, so learn about native plants, learn about green infrastructure, and come down to the harbor and experience the water. You know, definitely look us up if you're interested in volunteering. We'll get you to grow oysters. Maybe you can count Mr. Trash Will Trash with us if that's something mm. you're, you'd be into. Um, but the Baltimore Harbor is alive and it is doing better than it's done for 100 years. And we just need to keep pushing to get us to that, that next milestone of being able to actually go for a swim in that harbor. Yeah, I also think like all the kids that we bring down to the harbor, seeing Mr. Trash Wheel, seeing this invention, it's inspiring. It's like, okay, I can go home and think creatively of, a, you know, find a solution for whether that's cleaning the water or planting more plants, something for wildlife, but I can do it in a way that maybe is fun and not, you know, boring school stuff. You know, I can do something fun, put googly eyes on it, and it's actually a solution that's affecting the people around it. So I think that's awesome. I love it. I love it. So... I always ask the speed round of everybody. I always do. If you listen or watch to it, I always switch it up a little bit here and there. But here we go. All okay. right. Ready? You guys ready? Yeah. We're going to alternate answers? I don't know. No, go ahead. We, we want to know. <laughs> Brunch or dinner? Um, dinner. Brunch. <laughs> What's your favorite meal? Favorite meals? Fajitas. God, that's a good for brunch? one. For brunch? For brunch? I'll eat them at brunch. Oh, Why not? Oh, okay. Okay. I'm like, wow. Okay. I appreciate you buying, buying me time. Um, <laughs> you know, pad thai. Ah, I love it. I love it. Snowballs or ice cream? Snowballs. Ice cream. And what's your flavor you like? Oh, my God. So growing up, I did like ice because I'm weird. Um, but now I'm like cherry or something like that. <laughs> ah. um, you know, we do an ice cream with Baltimore in a box called Mr. Trash Wheels Junk Food. Ooh. Uh, it's delicious. Cookies and cream ice cream with cookie dough, pretzel sticks, and uh, marshmallow styrofoam cups. <laughs> Okay. All right. I'm about to, is it work? Work? Can you buy anywhere? Yeah, yeah. Um, we're in a box in yeah. Hampton. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, no. Oh, uh, you yeah. Know they what? have. Let me. I already know. Is they that have good. an ice cream store on the avenue. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Chicken wings. Okay. Is that right? Eat meat here because I know it's. Yeah. Okay. I think we both do. Drums yeah. or flats. Flats. Drums. <laughs> That's like the national. Hit. Um. I, I. What? Flats. Yeah. Oh my God. We're gonna talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's a big question. Blue cheese or ranch? Blue cheese. For the chicken wings? Blue cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and crabs or crab cakes? Crab. Oh, I'm so lazy. I'm going with crab cakes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like I the experience. <laughs> yeah. I like the crab cakes, crab experience because your phone's down. Yeah. Uh -huh. You're eating, you're, you're having that conversation. You couldn't pick up your phone if you wanted to. No, no you, you don't. <laughs> no, you do not want to touch that. And what is the best advice? you guys have ever received okay mine is like kind of silly let's, let's hear it <laughs> okay use baking soda to get odors out of your carpet <laughs> okay okay that's a, yeah that makes sense that is the best advice that's that does make sense that does make sense it works so good <clears throat> that makes sense though life-changing advice it's changed my life baking soda's a lot of stuff it i does. have a cat <laughs> well there you go there you go we, we have hardwood floor <laughs> for, for exactly that sort of reason <laughs> um 
<coughs> oh, sorry. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll be a little bit. Uh, <laughs> the best advice I ever received was to was to to um, was to pursue my passion and do a job that I love. And you know, if no one was going to pay me for it, do it for free until someone figures out how to pay me for it. Um, that is how I got got the job here with Waterfront Partnership. I started working for some a place called the Center for Watershed Protection. And, you know, I just came in and said, look, I'm your unpaid intern. What do you want me to do? Mm. And, uh, you know, I know that, like, it's, it's not it wasn't easy after grad school to, like, be unemployed and work for free. But I met so many people by doing that. And so many people were just like, wow, this guy is so passionate about this project. Like, he's here every day, uh, even though we don't even we didn't even ask him to be here. And through those networks, I've just met so many great people and really been able to build a career. And so that was the life-changing advice I have received because I was looking for jobs and I was not finding a job. And someone was like, look, just find some place that's going to let you do what you want. Well, that worked for you. I, it yeah. did. <laughs> Life-changing advice. You you inspired me because I'm going to keep on this podcast until somebody says, you know what, let's hire him on the bigger stage. Yeah. There you Thank go. You. That, that is inspiring. Yeah. You got to tell us social media now. I know we got, where can we find you? On the TikTok and the, uh, I mean, there's so Twitter. I mean, I mean there's so many things. Mr. Trash Wheel, everything, Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Is it one the same name as your Trash Wheel? Mr. Not, Trash Wheel, yep. No underscores, nothing. Nothing crazy. No. Oh, wow. That's even better. <laughs> even better. And if people, again, want to get in contact with you, say, hey, we want to volunteer after watching this episode or anything else, what's the best way to get in contact? I would say waterfrontpartnership.org is the mm-hmm. best way to get in contact okay. with us. Okay. Mr. Trash Wheel doesn't have an email? Uh, you can, you can, you, you can order, you can, indeed, you can email Mr. Trashwheel at waterfrontpartnership.org. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Chelsea. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. This has been exciting. I'm so happy. Hopefully when we can go to volunteer, I bring the camera to crew down there yeah. and just do some cool video. And then you guys have something really cool coming in September that you guys, yep. we're not going to talk about it on here. It's a little, it's a little teaser. All right. And uh, hopefully we can do a little something, something fun down there with you guys on that. Yeah, we'd love to have you. Thank you so much, Aaron. Hey, thank, thank you. you. People love peace. Baltimore Fiscal Partners is a boutique CPA firm specializing in accounting and consulting services for nonprofits, small businesses, and with experience running nonprofits and small businesses, they know that there's not always enough time at the end of the day for you to focus on your finances, whether it's monthly bookkeeping or an annual audit, tax preparation or consulting, nonprofit or small business, Baltimore Fiscal Partners provides full range or tailored solutions that keep your goals and budget in mind. Learn more about Baltimore Fiscal Partners online at BaltimoreFiscal.com or follow them at Baltimore Fiscal on Facebook and Instagram.